You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Gates Heaven International Podcast. I'm your host, Labro. I'm going to be uh, taking us through this preview episode. Um, I'm really happy to be here together with, of course, Cosas Lianos, this way, I guess, on the video. Uh, he will be joining to talk about Atalanta, Olympiacos, and also a special guest from Sport FM. Um, our Greek listeners will know the channel well. I listen to the video quite a bit as well. Yorus Shanakas. Uh, will be joining us, and I know Jorgos, uh, you know quite a bit about Italian football, so we're quite excited to get into it and talk about Atalanta, this team, this mysterious team in the north of Italy, north of Milano, a team not a lot of people knew about 10 years ago, I think, and now they play some of the best football in all of Italy, and uh, I don't know, interesting. Jorgos, welcome to the show, and your first thoughts on Atalanta Olympiacos on Thursday. Hello, guys. Thank you, first of all, for the invitation. Uh, exactly as you said, Adalanda is a team that uh, has rise to the last, say, six or seven years after Gasparini uh, got on the bench of the team. The team has changed a lot. Uh, it was a team, a normal team in the middle of the table, you can say. And <laughs> in the last years, they have uh, managed to get in the first positions. They are... Uh, if I can say it like this, they are, uh, have to break some rules in say, uh, break the Catenaccio rule, change a lot of uh, the DNA of the Italian teams. All the teams, all the teams in uh, Italy try to play like Atalanta because it's hard for them <laughs> to take against, to play against Atalanta. So a team uh, very offensive, but that year, that season, I think uh, the team have changed a little bit. They are more uh, more compact team. Uh, they are trying to find something like uh, balance, if I can say it like that, uh, between the offense and the defense. And uh, I think, guys, that's why, because they have lost uh, a lot of key players in the last year. Uh, they lost uh, Papo Gomez, the, the captain of the team, the previous year, one of the notable players in the history of Atalanta. Also, they lost uh, Romero, the best uh, central defender of the team. Uh, they do not have uh, Duan Zapata. We all know who is Duan Zapata. And of course, Jose uh, Pilicic, because the last years, uh, the last four years, I think, has some uh, mental issue problems. And I think it's, uh, it's a kind of uh, bad story about him, a player with. Uh, Crazy talent. I think he has uh, has done a very small career for for him talent, and uh, I think it's so disappointing for him. He tries to be with his family and the rest of the team, but okay, let's see uh, what happens. I don't know if you want to to pass in a more uh, 
better analysis. Maybe we want to explain. Yeah, we we could Korstas as well. I welcome Korstas into the conversation. What do you do? You have any first thoughts before I pose some some questions? I guess some some player analysis questions. What, what do you think about this Atalanta team? And I know you've been watching them a bit as well. Well, I would like to uh, to say first of all, make my little introduction. Uh, that uh, Yoros Tsanaka is one of the best journalists we have in Greece and one of the best, especially in the uh, Serie A front. And uh, the main reason why I wanted to bring him over is not just because uh, we have worked in the past together at Sport FM, but also he wrote an amazing thread on his Twitter that everyone needs to check right now, explaining exactly what Olympiakos can expect from Atalanta. And based on your thread, Yorgo, uh, what I understood is that this is a team unlike any of the other teams Olympiacos could have been drawn with. Even Barcelona. Yes. They are very unique in the way that they operate. And not only that, the way they play with that 3-4-1-2 formation that never breaks, if I'm not mistaken, by Giampiero Gasperini, it is so sophisticated that other Italian teams are copying them. And cons- conservative and traditional methods, such as the Catenazio, are becoming extinct right now. So, in my opinion, when I read your, your, your amazing thread that everybody needs to check on your Twitter right now, and uh, when I started reading about Atalanta, I realized that maybe, just maybe, that was the toughest draw Libiacos could have gotten, or definitely among the toughest. Yes, exactly like this. First of all, I have to say that everyone needs to know that the nickname of Atalanta are the entertainers. So you understand from that why uh, they call him like that. Uh, they play attractive football. They are very offensive, trying to create all the time chances, get inside the opponent's box. Uh, very offensive team. I have not seen so offensive team the last years in Italy. The previous year, they have scored more than 100 goals. An Italian side scored more than 100 goals. We don't see it. We don't see it. It was uh, the third uh, team in goals in Europe after Bayern and Manchester City. I think uh, this is <laughs> this is uh, extraordinary. I think, uh, but that year there are little bit changes from Gasparini. Uh, the previous year, Giampiero Gasparini like to play a 3-4-2-1 formation mm-hmm. and there is a little bit difference uh, with one attacking midfielder and two strikers but it's uh, something uh, difficult to explain first of all because uh, Atalanta that year is not uh, is not a good team if I can say like that when he play as a visitor and his home in Bergamo. It's uh, yeah, that's what very I was about weird. To say, yeah. They're better away than they are at home, aren't they? Yes, yes. Uh, they, are, they have uh, four uh, defeats in their home that year. And they, they have nine wins and three draws. And no, uh, no defeat in uh, away games. That's something very weird. But yeah. it has a little bit of explanation. We can say it... Uh, uh, I want to say a thing, another thing for Atalanta. Uh, first of all, they are very organized teams. Their president, uh, Antonio Percassi, before hiring Giampiero Gasparini, he signed uh, Giovanni Sartori as technical director and Maurizio Costanzi as academy director uh, 
there, there, are, uh, there were two former uh, guys from Kievo, Verona, for uh, over 25 years. And you remember Kievo, Verona, until they, they destroyed the team. It was a very good team. Uh, it's a team that uh, helped uh, have very good scouters. Also, they are very good in scouting. They are uh, they have 99 uh, teams in all over Italy that send them players to try them. You know, if someone uh, a young guy fits them, they keep them in their academy. And I think it's the best academy in Italy. Atalanta uh, mm-hmm. academy is uh, amazing. Atalanta went uh, through quite a few changes, you would say, in uh, 2021. And they decreased, I think, in their numbers in position. Is what uh, adjusting to the Kirstunians is look like. Gasparini is slowly moving away from the well known playing style, trying to find some solutions to the squad changes. As we told, uh, they have not uh, Romero, they have not Ilicis, they have not Duvan uh, Zapata, and of, and of course, they have not Robin Gosens. After that amazing Euro he did with Germany, he has a lot of uh, injuries, and now he has been lo- loaned to either. Yeah, we know that. That's right. Uh, yes. Yeah. And I'll put the, uh, I can put the team up as well that played with Juventus to illustrate that a bit. Everyone you can see on the left is the team of Atalanta, but go on yours. Yes, uh, the team I think have, uh, has improved defensively very much, and, some, and this is weird because we know Atalanta was not a very uh, defensive team; it's very offensive team. Uh, they have increased their press intensity, but things in possession don't look uh, that good for them, especially compared to their last seasons. It's a big difference, uh, up to six or seven percent. You understand, like that. Uh, the team seems a little uh, less offensive uh, to have a balance between these lines. And the lines have less distances, if you can say like that. Uh, they don't allow often their opponents to make chances on Musso target. And uh, the team take less risk on the pitch. In that year, Atalanta seem an excellent team on the tactics, but not so offensive as we have used to the previous years. Uh, maybe we saw it. You saw it uh, against uh, Juventus. It was not so offensive. They tried to, first of all, not to concede a goal and then uh, to score a goal. You see the screamer from uh, Malinowski. It was an amazing goal. And it came in the last 20 minutes, I think, uh, yeah. of the match, guys. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and- is, it, is it in? Yes. Yeah. And th- this the player that a lot of people been asking about w- would you say he will be a key in the game he's the the player signed from Bruges Malinkowski Malinkowski I think said Malinowski yes Malinowski the fans know Reabchuk the Eastern European names are difficult for me but yes <laughs> you know guys uh, in the previous year Malinowski didn't play so much because uh, with a 3-4-2-1 formation uh, the two attacking midfielders was especially Pasalic and uh, Elisic, or maybe it was also Muriel who came usually from the bench. But uh, that yeah, Pasalic is uh, very very low level, I think. I don't know why. It's a but he's a very good player. I think we will see it on uh, uh, 
in the match against Olympiakos, coming from the bench, is a player that can be something we say like a game changer. Uh, I think uh, Pasalic can. Uh, it's a very clever guy. He can score some goals. Very, very good player. Very intelligent player. Yeah, Atalanta is a team. I think uh, that is basing his tactic, tactics on the build-up and the good, the and the good ball movement between their players. Without Palomino, I think he will not play. He's injured uh, on that match, and the, it will be. Uh, a very bad uh, miss from uh, Gianpiero Gasperini. Gasperini will have three options only for uh, centre-backs. Uh, he has three centre-backs and another young centre-back. Uh, I don't think that uh, maybe we, we will see the young Scalvini play from the start. I think he will be on the bench. He will use, I think, Toloi, City and Demiral. Mm. Uh, three experienced players, three good centre-backs. But they are not so good uh, with the ball on their feet. Only Toloi from the three guys is uh, better from, uh, with the ball on their feet. I think uh, we'll see also, okay, of course, Musso uh, coming up again on the, as a goalkeeper. He was uh, due to punish, I think. Uh, he was punished in the previous match uh, because he has uh, four uh, yellow cards in the match against uh, Juventus. We will see him again against as a goalkeeper. And uh, I think uh, from the other the two full-backs, the right full-back will be Hattenberg, and the other will be Zapacosta. He came back to the team before uh, some months. And he's, uh, I think Olympiacos has to be careful of uh, Zapacosta, a player who likes to play extremely high on the pitch, something like Winger. He's not a full-back, he's Winger, guys. Uh, he can create chances for his teammates. Uh, he has also the ability to have shots on the target to score. He plays sometimes like uh, false nine, if I can say it like this. Uh, a lot of times he's moving in the opponent's box as a false nine or a secondary striker. He's a very dangerous guy, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. But here, maybe there is a change. Maybe we see uh, Zapacosta on the right and uh, Mele, the Danish uh, left uh, back. On the left, mm. we'll see it. I think, uh, but I think Zapacosta will be on the left and uh, Hattenberg on uh, the right side. I think uh, also they have two defensive midfielders, but uh, they are more like box to box midfielders, uh, Remo Freuler mm. and Martin Deron. Yeah. I think it's most box to box players, something like uh, deep line playmakers. They like to go uh, close to the centre-backs, get the position and try to build uh, the game of the team. Especially Remo Floyer, Froehler, excuse me, is a player that uh, likes to go to play close to the opponent's box. He helped uh, Malinowski, uh, Muriel and Boga, who will be the three in the attack. Malinowski will be uh, the, the attacking midfielder and uh, Muriel and Boga. Boga, uh, a very good player. He likes to yeah. move in the, uh, the opponent's defense, in the back of the opponent's defense. Very fast player. Uh, Atalanta took him uh, as a loan, but uh, it will be an obligation to buy in the summer from, uh, from Sassuolo. And of course, Muriel is uh, an extraordinary, extraordinary player. 
he likes to go one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, he can uh, score with uh, some free kicks. Uh, he's a very technique player. Yes. He's a very good player. Yes, but Atalanta with so many injuries and so many problems, uh, they have not uh, backups. They have not uh, a lot of subs. The previous not, years... Not a, lot of depth. not a lot of depth in the squad. Yes, the previous years, uh, Muriel was coming off the bench. Now, there is not a... Uh, Another striker to come from the bench. It's a little bit uh, complex for for Gasparini. You're giving me mm. a very good um, a very good uh, opportunity to bring this up. Then, on your amazing thread on Twitter, you mentioned that it is very important for Olympiacos not to press the center backs at the yes. back. You said they're not good at with the ball on their feet. That that doesn't mean they should press them because they're good enough to build play up with the uh, the two defensive midfielders that come back and offer support. So it's important not to press those center backs with, that are bad on their feet, with the ball on their feet. And it's also important to press midfield instead and to concentrate on counterattacks. Do you believe, based on what you're seeing from Olympiacos in the last few months, and especially against Ike, maybe, the, the, the last game against Ike, do you think Olympiacos can do this, can, not, can create any sort of dangers this way at Bergamo or the Karaiskaik Stadium? Yes, I think, guys, uh, the two teams, Atalanta and, and Olympiacos, uh, seem very much uh, in transition game. Both of them are very quick in transition game, very fast teams. And I think uh, two of the best teams in Europe in transition game. Really, really. And uh, Pedro Martins in Olympiacos has uh, done an impressive uh, job on transition game. Uh, I think Olympiacos must not press very high. Just uh, as you told uh, Kosa, it's uh, a team that likes build up. <laughs> they, they like to find spaces. If they find spaces, they can punish you. The score uh, will be very high, guys, really. It's a team that uh, likes to score very much, uh, to create many chances. And if they can, they can, uh, if they can score six goals, five goals. Uh, the previous years, the previous year, they scored uh, in two matches, seven goals. Uh, they scored in uh, three matches, five goals. It's a very offensive team, I think. Uh, uh, that, and that's why they have problems in their home matches. Uh, the opponents, the away teams, if I can say it like that, uh, going to Bergamo, to Jewish Stadium, to play very defensive. Uh, their lines are very, uh, very close and they not press high. The last player, the center, uh, the center forward, is uh, about in the to the the second third of the uh, of the pitch. They don't like to give spaces, and that's why they're better away in the away matches because uh, the visitors must. Uh, they have to of, to find. They have to play good. They have to uh, get their lines higher in the pitch. And that's why Atalanta is so better in the uh, in their away matches. Also, Olympiacos. You know, in Greece, the atmosphere of the fans is uh, is fantastic. But also, uh, Olympiacos will find uh, a fantastic atmosphere in the Jewish Stadium. The ultras of uh, Atalanta, they are very fanatic. Uh, they have some problems with the uh, board direction of Atalanta. Uh, they have some problems with them because uh, one of the biggest fans, maybe the leader, can say, Claudio Bellenberti, is being punished. Uh, they don't allow him to get on the stadium on the stands, and that's uh, because they have some problems. 
But guys, you will see it. It's, uh, it will be a fantastic uh, atmosphere. But uh, also it will be about, uh, I think in Italy, it's still here, the 50% of the suns. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I watched uh, I watched Olympiakos at the Karaiskaki against Ike, and I have to say that although Ike didn't give them any serious problems, they did have some really good shooting chances during the first and the second half, but they were just not clinical enough. Those were easy uh, saves for Vatslik. So it's not that Ike didn't get any opportunities; they just weren't clinical. They did have some a, a couple of good opportunities in there. And Olympiacos just continue to be this team that although they keep the lines together well, they defend well, um, the passing from midfield onwards, it gets really poor, especially when it comes to the final pass, the, the, the first touch to get the final pass in. There are some problems in there. So based on what, you, and based on what you've seen from Olympiacos lately, do you think that is enough to even take this, to, to even make it a close call? to go through against a team like Atalanta, who almost made it through in the Champions League and almost beat the Manchester United on two occasions. Yes, uh, as you said, uh, if Olympiacos did the same mistakes as they did uh, against Ike, I think that uh, Atalanta will punish him. Of course, they will punish him. They like that kind of game. They like to play in transition, to steal balls on the midfield and the... Uh, be very fast. They are very fast team. The two fullbacks, um, Zapacosta, Hattenberg, also Freuler, the box to box midfielder, Muriel, of course, Boga, of course, and uh, of course, Marinovsky. It's a very dangerous team, yes, very dangerous teams. If Olympiacos do the same mistakes, because I think it's about uh, 20 minutes against that, that they could not uh, keep the ball. Uh, uh, they made uh, some easy mistakes, especially in the midfield. Kamara, uh, I think, uh, Madi Kamara made a lot of mistakes, and we see it uh, getting off. Only when Valbuena came on the uh, on the pitch, Olympiacos was better. I think uh, Olympiacos uh, does not have to take risks against Adalada. Does not have to take risks. Yes, of course, uh, against Bergamo. Also, Olympiacos, I think, uh, has to, uh, to... One of the biggest uh, weaknesses of Atalanta is on set pieces, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw it against Juventus. Uh, they conceded uh, a goal in the 92 minute from a corner. They are very... That's uh, the main weakness of that team, the set pieces. Uh, Roma has punished them also in set pieces. Uh, a lot of teams can uh, punish them uh, on set pieces. And Olympiacos has uh, some guys like uh, Manolas, Pavasafopoulos, uh, I think also Madi Kamara, Mbila, Tikiri, Orela, I don't know who will start, are very good uh, on the, the aerial duels. And Olympiacos mm. has to take care of that. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's really good analysis, George. I, I was I was also wondering, what do you um, this week going into the game in Bergamo? I think there will be quite a few Italians who watch this episode. What's the feeling in Greece with Olympiacos fans? With what people are speaking about on the radio, is there a feeling that Olympiacos can do it and go through, or is it quite pessimistic? I feel it's more pessimistic, but I'm maybe biased. I don't know. 
Uh, I will tell you, I think it's uh, like the uh, fans of Olympiacos are 50-50. Uh, some mm. of them, I believe, uh, watching Atalanta uh, struggling in the last matches, uh, I think uh, they believe uh, that uh, it's an opportunity to pass uh, in the next round. Because mm. of, mainly because of the, the image of Atalanta. Uh, Atalanta, I think, is struggling in the last matches, uh, in the last two months, maybe. Uh, the Atalanta is not like the previous years, I think. They are more uh, uh, balanced team and not so offensive. And that's, uh, and from the other side, we see Olympiacos uh, like Ike, uh, like uh, against Pauk, against uh, Panathinaikos also. Olympiacos they, uh, didn't, uh, did not have uh, very good demands. They played most uh, defensive because they wanted to not to lose, first of all, to keep the distance also from uh, the second power. And that's uh, why I think uh, a little bit uh, that uh, Imac uh, is worried uh, on Olympiacos fans. I think uh, the, main, the main reason of uh, Olympiacos uh, that didn't play good in the previous matches was the absence of, uh, of the African players. Mm-hmm. Especially Agibu Kamara is a player that uh, again changes a player very fast. And I think uh, if he is good, if Agibu Kamara is good, Olympiakos is good. I got to mm-hmm. ask you, Yorgo, and I want you to help me with this. Atalanta haven't won a game in over a month, basically. But what does that say for Olympiakos? How valuable is that for Olympiakos? Because usually a team as good as Atalanta, they just need one game to turn things around. They just need one good game to get back on track. What does that say for Olympiakos? Is that a good thing that the form has been bad? Is that something that shouldn't actually play a role in the way Olympiakos approaches this game? What does it say? Oh, that's very weird. That's very weird, guys. Uh, because... Uh, I think Olympiacos must care not to... Uh, Atalanta needs a very good uh, result that time. Uh, they were close to get it uh, with Juventus, they didn't get it. And uh, you have seen uh, in the first, uh, the first rounds of, the, of Serie A, they were second, third, uh, they were very high on the league. Now they have a distance from the first uh, place, from Milan, from Inter, from Napoli. Atalanta needs uh, a, a good result, a big result, I think, to get, get better, if, uh, if you understand. I hope Olympiacos must not uh, help them, must not help Atalanta to be good again. They, they, yeah. They're trying, they're searching that result, that one result. He didn't get it against Inter on Giuseppe uh, Meazza. He didn't get it in Bergamo against Milan. He didn't get it in Bergamo against, against uh, Juventus. Also against Lazio. Uh, they're trying, they're searching a very big uh, result. Also, I think Atalanta, from what I read in Italian press, uh, I think they, their thoughts are that uh, Europa League. Uh, but here is a chance to get uh, something good in Europe. Mm. Uh, that makes sense. And uh, of course, I can. I think the big question back to Olympiacos is the question I'm going to put to you and to put to Costas. We have two formations. Are we going to see the 3 4 3 that we saw with Pauk and Panathinaikos? Or will we see the 4 3 3 that Pedro Martins has used historically? 
in European games. Um, I know Ayoros, you may be able to tell us more, but I've been reading some media from Greece that maybe 3-4-3 looks like it may be preferred. Um, what, what, what are you hearing and what do you think uh, is the system Pedro Martins will use on Thursday? Uh, yes, yes, I think uh, Pedro is waiting to see the, the, the situation of Cicel because he was in the Copa Africa. In the start, he was playing a lot of uh, matches, but uh, as uh, Senegal progressing in Copa Africa and uh, also Kalidou Koulibaly came back uh, because he has COVID. Uh, in, the, in the first matches, he was on the bench. But when you are... Uh, uh, you do some uh, trips, you know, <laughs> Africa, uh, Cameroon, Greece, it's a big distance. The player is a little bit tired. I think uh, because Olympiakos uh, had not a good match against Aik, Aik has many chances, if you can say it like that, in the counter-attack to, to score against Olympiakos. I think uh, we will see a defensive uh, line with Christian but Yes, maybe Cissé, maybe uh, Manolas and uh, Konstantopoulos. If Cissé is not ready, I think we will see Ba. Uh, I think I'm a little uh, bit sure that it will be uh, 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're close to the half hour mark. Uh, Labro, do you have anything else to add or shall I ask predictions? Uh, we can go predictions. I just want to say if Bob plays on Thursday, I think we see a red card or a penalty for sure. I, <laughs> I don't want to put damper down. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully Cissé is ready to go because I can just see um, Muriel doing a step over and the bar penalty red card for sure. I don't know why I just see it now, um, but yeah, let's let's do predictions. First Guys, uh, I'm a little bit afraid. Uh, maybe we see Muriel score score from a free kick. Oh, <laughs> I'm a little bit afraid of that. <laughs> He's good. Yeah. yeah, he's a good player. Uh, so uh, of course so... I want to start with uh, predictions. Well, oh, we're doing it all of us. I was going to ask Yorgo, but I mean, okay, I'll, I'll tell you mine. I, I don't know. I feel like Olympiacos, with the, because they can play defense, they can play well defensively in the sense that they can keep the lines together. They are good enough. They, they know better than to leave uh, space behind for a team that only flourishes when you leave space for them behind. I could, I'm not ruling out uh, a surprise result like a draw. But obviously, I cannot see Olympiacos going through. I feel like Atalanta are too good uh, to just throw out at this stage in the competition. Either it's going to be a draw or it's going to be something close, like a 2-1 or a 1-0 kind of uh, defeat. What do you think, Labro? Yeah, I just can't see it. I don't know. I'm negative. I don't know where Olympiacos is going to score. Um, I don't know. I The set-piece idea is good, but will Olympiacos get a set-piece and who will take the set-piece? Agi Bukamara, Yoros Masuras, I don't know. So um, I think the the big problem is the fullbacks for Olympiacos. I don't know if Oleg Reabchuk and Kenny Lala are on the level of Hatebur and Zapacosta. I think uh, it will be very difficult. I also think the midfield... Yorgos talked about it. I think Pasalic is a very nice player as well. And the new player from the Netherlands, Kopi Meyers. Kopi Meyers. Yes, Kopi Meyers. I think uh, these are nice players in the midfield. And it's a tough job on Thursday for Agi Bukamara, Jan Mvia, Andreas Pukalakis, and Mari Kamara, if all four of them play. I think it's very difficult for them. So 
I think uh, 2-1 Olympiacos will lose. Maybe maybe 3-1, actually. I don't, I'm not feeling very good. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, guys, totally agree with uh, both of you. I'm seeing the match something like 1-1, uh, maybe 2-1 for each teams. I don't know for what. Uh, uh, I'm afraid of Atlanta in the second match. In the Olympiacos, guys, 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 in Palio. Uh, As I told you, in uh, weight matches, they are very... I think maybe the best team in Europe right now in away matches yeah. and the style of play. They are, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, very difficult for a team to face Atalanta uh, as in uh, when, uh, when they, they are hosting Atalanta. It's uh, very difficult. I think uh, tomorrow is, uh, will be a match, guys. Uh, uh, very difficult match for Olympiacos. But uh, if Olympiacos score first, that uh, will be amazing. Because Atalanta will have to uh, have uh, distances, play their, uh, their lines very high on the pitch. And that will be great for Olympiacos, for Masuras, for Agibu Camara, maybe Madi Camara also. And uh, I want to see guys uh, who will be the center forward of Olympiacos. Mm. Because we know Tikinio is a very strong guy, is, uh, and uh, Ariel Gilles is very strong. But uh, LRB uh, uh, needs one, uh, one chance to score. One chance to score. And also, he can uh, create chances for his, uh, for his teammates who have seen it in many uh, games that year and the previous year, uh, playing as a center forward, but uh, also coming back on the pitch. Like, a, uh, how can I say it? Uh, like a false nine, like a tequartista <laughs> uh, yeah. in Italy, you say. Like uh, half ten and half nine, yeah, he comes mm-hmm. back on the pitch, take uh, the ball, and he likes very much to play with Masuras on the back of the of the opponent's defense. It's uh, I think guys, it's a very uh, very difficult match for prediction. I think the match starts from 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 one one. I think. Yeah. Well, Yorgo, thank you so much for joining us. You can find uh, Yorgos's amazing work at at Yorgos Tsanakas. How else can uh, can people follow your work, your work? Uh, of course, on uh, sportfm.gr. <laughs> uh, mm. Also on uh, my Facebook uh, account, Yorgos uh, Sanakas. It's in Greek, in Greek. And also on Instagram, George Sanakas. And there's the mm. podcast as well. Uh, yes, yes. It's, uh, the podcast is uh, uh, because it's in sportfm platform. It's a Golasso podcast. I have done uh, the last two episodes for Atalanta, uh, for the scouting of Atalanta, for the academies of Atalanta. And it's a special episode uh, for uh, Josip Pilsic. He's a player that uh, I love so much, guys, really. I like mm. that kind of players. Uh, mm. That kind of... Uh, I think it's a player we don't see often. Yeah. Mm. It's maybe... It's not uh, so uh, a modern player. <laughs> It's a player a little bit romantic, like uh, Grealish, Jack <laughs> uh, as I like uh, from the past years, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't, I wouldn't say he's a 10 exactly, but it's kind of like uh, I was, we discuss it all the time with our very own Cosas Fortunis, the 10 position almost disappearing and that type of magical player with uh, maybe not <laughs> exactly. the running, maybe not the, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so it's, these players, it seems, are disappearing, you know, but I agree completely. So, 
uh, everyone check out Yorgos's work. Uh, we'll be listening to the podcast, of course, and sharing it on our social media. And yeah, unless, of course, I said any other comments, we're going to conclude this quick preview for you guys. And this is where I plug. If you haven't subscribed already, please do subscribe, comment, like the videos. It really helps. Um, I guess we have some new donation button on YouTube since we've passed a certain amount of subscribers. So that's fantastic. Anyone who enjoys our work, our social media, feel free to hit that donation button. I guess it helps um, It helps us quite a bit. It does help us quite well, I think. It does help us quite a bit. So uh, thank you, everyone, for following. We'll have some more preview uh, match episode things coming out. We'll have some analytics, of course, from Adi coming later um, for those in the United States and Australia. So with that, everyone, thank you so much for watching. And... Catch us next time. Bye-bye. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, you say. Stomialo kati majiko.